0: Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Are there any uh, Buckeye fans in the house? O-H? That's the type of amens I need. All right. (laughs) I am so absolutely elated uh, to be with you today, and I could not uh, be more thankful of the partnership that our church has had with CLC. And the friendship that I've been able to establish with Pastor Stan. Can we thank God for your pastor? And you could never be able to thank him without being able to thank his lovely and miracle wife, Sister Joyce. God bless you. Um, My wife was going to come with me. We have several services today. These two services, our service, and then another service at 5 o'clock. And when I asked her if she was coming with me, she said, God called you to preach and not me. (laughs) (laughs) So she's not here. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's see. You know, I like to start... I'm a, I'm a lover of hymns. And so before we get to uh, the word of God, I just want to sing a line and a verse of this hymn. Maybe you'll know it. Uh, you'll be able to catch on to the verse that just simply says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, When sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot thou hast, you know it. It is well, it is well with. Do you know the chorus? It is well, it is well with my soul. With my soul, it is, that's it. It is well with my soul. God, we thank you for the word. We thank you for this opportunity now to preach the word. God, we ask that you uh, allow the word to be the agitator in a washing machine. God, that rinses us clean and gets out of us what needs to be out of us, God. We ask you now that Satan be terrified and God be glorified by the word of God today. And oh God, that you convict the hearts of your people in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. 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 Psalm 24, verse one says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they or those who dwell therein. I want to preach from Psalm 24 and one and the latter part of Psalm 23 that says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a time to be reminded that this is the Lord's earth. With all her issues, all her problems, all of her contentions and everything else that is going on. we have to be reminded that this earth is still the property of God. And because the word of God does not say anything by accident, you must notice that in Psalm 24, it says the earth is the Lord's. It is the Lord's earth in perpetuity. It is always his. That is is a forever present and eternally present tense That is, cannot be changed, it cannot be altered, it cannot be rearranged, which means God's ownership of the earth shall endure. It shall last, it shall abide, and it shall stand, which means it shall not be moved, which means there isn't anything, saints of God, that happens in the earth or on the earth that can cause God to lose his grip on the earth. I don't care what the news has to say. I don't care who's in office. This is the Lord's earth. Amen. Regardless of what happens publicly or excuse me politically and no matter the rulings of the Supreme Court in spite of which countries go to war whether the president is Democrat or Republican be confident in this one fact that this earth is the Lord's and so I make this announcement because it is possible that with everything that we've got going on as a corporate body or even in our own individual lives that somehow we may have gotten temporary memory loss and have forgotten that this is the same earth that the Bible says was established upon the seas this is the same earth that the Bible says was founded upon the rivers. As a matter of fact, this earth is so much his that it confuses scientists who debate whether or not we should believe in the creation story or the Big Bang Theory and don't know with the God we serve, they're both right. Hallelujah. The earth is so much his that God temporarily changed the molecular makeup of water in order for the earth to serve or the water to serve as the earth's foundation. Just in case you were not clear about what I was talking about, I said all of that so you would know that God is still in control. Hallelujah. God is still in control. In this deed of ownership that is Psalm 24, God proclaims that there are three things that are his. He says the earth the world, and those who dwell therein. Let's talk about the earth for just a second. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. When Scripture scripture opens up in Psalm 24 that the earth is the Lord's, you would think that that would be enough to convey to the reader, reader that this is the Lord's earth. But it goes further to say not just the earth is his, but the fullness thereof which begs the question, what is the fullness of the earth? Fullness, it is its totality, its wholeness, its wealth, its sufficiency. This means there isn't anything of the earth that is not his. But the world is much more expansive. The world is much more expansive. It is... Uh, things sometimes we cannot think of. if, if, If the earth is the earth's core and its exosphere, it's important to know that these things are twofold. When we understand the significance of the fullness of the earth, these things are twofold. One reason it's important to know this is that so no matter what happens on the earth or above the earth or below the earth or in the earth, for those who know God, we can be reminded that he is in control, right? So if Reason number two is for those who don't know him is that no matter what happens in the earth, on the earth, above the earth or below the earth, they can be informed that he is in control. God reminds the saint that he is in control, but he informs the sinner that he is in control right? Because we need to be reminded every now and then that God is in control. And we have to be reminded every now and then is because sometimes I believe that we forget that we have survived every storm we have ever encountered. Sitting in this room right now, you have survived 100% of your worst days on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you, I appreciate you. Reminds us, he reminds us that we need to put all of our trust and all of our faith in him. He informs the lost because he wants them to survive too, but they need to know where shelter is. He, he reminds the saved that we ought not be shaken by every quake of the earth, but he informs the lost that the quaking of the earth is the least of their problems if they do not find Jesus. Hallelujah. So what's the difference between the earth and the world? Because there is a difference. I can hear what you're asking in your head. I ask the same questions. What is the difference between the earth and the world? The Bible does not say anything by accident, like I mentioned before. It makes a deliberate differentiation between the earth and the world in Psalm 24. I'll read it to you again, just in case you forgot it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world And they that dwell therein. Earth is land, shores, the dirt, the dust, the clay, the coast, the topsoil, the subsoil. It is that which composes the earth and that which holds it together. But like I told you before, the world is much more expansive. The world is humanity, it is humankind. It is every race, every creed, every color, every ethnicity. It is every realm, every group, every community. It would not matter if you were Christian, atheist, agnostic, Jew. Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, or Buddhist. This includes, but is not limited to, all sexes or identities. It doesn't matter if you're the cheaters, the liars, the adulterers, the whoremongers, the fornicators, the wreckers, the homewreckers, the thieves, your baby daddy or your baby mama, the ones you like and the ones you don't. We are all his. But Hallelujah. Before we get too lost in the sauce and think that this is a message on inclusiveness, it is not because just because God can say we are his does not mean we have said he is ours. Oh, y'all better than the nine o'clock crew. (laughs) Don't tell him I said it. But when Psalm 24 talks about the world, no one is excluded. No one is excluded, which means I don't care how low you've been in your life. You're still his. I don't care what you have experienced in your life. You are still his. It doesn't matter how dark or how dismal your days have been, how you've suffered from depression or anxiety. You are still his. That means nothing I've done, nothing I've said can remove me from his ownership. Because we are his, not because of what we've done. We are his, not because of our character. We are his because of his character. Hallelujah. We cannot argue with the character of God. The character of God says, I love you, not because of your faults, but in spite of your faults. Hallelujah. The character of God says that he looks beyond my faults and sees my needs, which means my faults will never supersede or overshadow the needs that God knows I have of him. Hallelujah. I like you. You can go over to the gate with me. (laughs) I don't care how bad the decisions were you made, you're still his. If you're in a sticky situation right now that you cannot seem to find your way out of, you are still His. If you've been through seasons where you've lost everything, I can tell you that there is one thing you have not lost, you have not lost God in your life. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, the hymnologists declare that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. So even when no one else tells me, I know for a fact that I am God's, which means I don't have to lean or depend on how someone is willing to pump me up. To tell me that I am God's even when my phone doesn't ring I know that I'm God's even when I lose every person that said they would never leave me I am still God's as a matter of fact God said I will never leave you nor forsake you and Jesus is so extraordinary in nature that when his physical body left the earth he left us the Holy Ghost that also said I will be with you always And he will abide with us forever. If I get a little bit loud, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. He will abide with us forever. Would you take a moment and tell yourself, I am God's property. Now say it with conviction. I am God's property. Hallelujah. I am bought and paid for with a price. I won't be repossessed, I won't be returned, I won't be foreclosed on, even when I stop working as I should, because as Christians, you know, we fall into those traps. He will not throw me away, he will not cast me aside, he will not put me on a shelf, I will not be traded in for a newer model, the leash won't ever be up, I am paid with a price, he paid a price for me, but gave us the receipt, I am bought with the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm bought with the blood. The earth, we say at my church, I I feel my help coming. (laughs) The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. That's my last point, they who dwell therein. The earth, the world and they who dwell therein. So it, it asks the first question, who is they? If the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they who dwell therein, who is they? Who dwells in the world? It is so much more in depth than the groups I mentioned before because it also means that those who make up the groups. Which means it doesn't matter who you are or where you find yourself. You are his. But I will tell you, it is important and significant that you make him yours. Because when he makes us ours, or excuse me, I'm getting lost in the sauce, my God. When he makes us his, it does not necessarily mean that we are led and guided by what he would have us to do. But when you make God your shepherd, he can be as honest with you as your therapist. Maybe that's just my therapist, I'm sorry. (laughs) It is much more in-depth than the groups that I've mentioned. Even when we won't own him, he owns us. There's another word that is synonymous with the word they, and it is we. So if you take out the word they from the text and you put we, it sounds like this. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, the world and we that dwell therein. Because when you say they, it seems like a people afar off. When you say they, it may seem like I don't qualify to dwell in this place. But when you replace the word we, with they, when we replace the word they with we, it means that includes me. This is the earth and I am a part of it, the world that dwell therein. And I want to mention Psalm 23 for just a second. I know we came from Psalm 24, but Psalm 23 is brought to life when we think about the first verse of Psalm 24 because it says, goodness and mercy have been following me all the days of my life. That is while I've been dwelling in the world. Goodness and mercy have been following me all the days of my life. Now, if you think about that for a moment and consider everything that you've been through and ask yourself, where have I led goodness and mercy? Because when you think about it in that context, we've led led goodness and mercy through some awful places. And I'm not talking about you, I'm just talking about me. There are some decisions that I have made in my life that looking back, I said, oh my God, what was I thinking? But the extraordinary nature of Jesus did not allow goodness and mercy to be lost even when I was leading it in places I should not have. Goodness and mercy has been following me all the days of my life. There's been no terrain in my life where goodness and mercy has not traversed through with me. I don't care how high the mountain or how low the valley, goodness and mercy has been right there. When I was being fast, it always kept pace. When I was being slow, it never surpassed me. Goodness and mercy has been following me and will continue to follow me all the days of my life. But that is only contingent upon where I dwell. Remember that Psalm 24 says that we dwell in the world, but Psalm 23 says we dwell in the house of the Lord. Dwell, to inhabit, to abide, to reside. But the word I like best that is synonymous with dwell is exist. I will exist in the house of the Lord forever or I will dwell or exist in the world. I think it is a beautiful juxtaposition that Psalm 23 and Psalm 24 talk about dwelling and no one clapped when I said just a a position. As hard as that word is to pronounce, I thought I would get at least I studied that word for days before I came here. (laughs) I think it is a beautiful juxtaposition that Psalm 23 and Psalm 24 talk about dwelling, but it is talking about dwelling in two separate locations. Psalm 23 says, those who allow the Lord to serve as their shepherd will dwell or exist in the house of the Lord forever. But Psalm 24 says the world is his and those who dwell therein. Which means we are dwelling, those of us who know the Lord, in two places at the same time. We are dwelling in the house of the Lord and we are dwelling in the midst of the world. Which means you might be his, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you are his, that he is your shepherd. You've got to be his and allow him to shepherd you. And he shepherds every part of us There isn't a part of us that exists that God is not willing to shepherd. And if I can talk to the saints in the room for a moment, because we have dual occupancy, because he is our shepherd, and we dwell and or exist in the house of the Lord forever, and because we also dwell in the world. So if you're wondering how people who are in the church, who are saved and sanctified and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost and may speak in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, can still fall into worldly type situations situations, it is because we have dual occupancy. You don't have to feel bad because you've fallen into some diverse temptations. It is because we have dual occupancy. But the goodness and the graciousness of the excellent God that we serve is is even when we have fallen away from that residency in the house of the Lord that he shepherds us back to the house. That is how people in the church can be saved and still do things that they ought not be doing because we have wandered too far away from the house of the Lord. So every single time we feel like we are being chastised by God because God chastens or chastises whom he loves, it is God's way of shepherding us back to the house. When we have wandered too far away from the safety and the security of the house of the Lord, God chastens us and shepherds us back to the house. And I wouldn't serve a God I couldn't feel sometime. I wouldn't be a part of a God that would not shepherd me when I was wrong i would not serve a god that would not correct me and convict me and put me back where i belong when i make decisions that are not conducive to our relationship he shepherds us back to the house train up a child in the way that they should go and when they are old they shall not depart from the ways but that don't mean they won't stray to the left or to the right and sometimes what we do even as adults we stray the left and to the right, but God shepherds us back to the house. And I used to look my nose down very judgmentally uh, at people who, you know, believe in, believe that the universe is guiding them. I used to look my nose down at people who put their trust in horoscopes and palm readers. And then I thought to myself, well, of course they do. They have no shepherd, hallelujah. When you have a shepherd that is leading you and guiding you, you can do what, what Proverbs 3 and 5 says, and you can lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and trust that he will direct your path. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about a day or so ago. And um, we were talking in the midst of our conversation. The phone call became really distorted. And I realized that he was talking on a Bluetooth device and he had walked away from his phone. And the further he got away from the phone, the more distorted the call became. Anybody ever been there before? And so it wasn't that I had a hearing problem. I could hear. And it wasn't because he had a speaking problem because he was speaking. He had just walked away from the connection. And so many of us tend to experience that. Right? God has no problem speaking to us, and we have no problem hearing, but the communication is distorted because we have walked too far away from the source. And so I beg you today, by understanding the, the extraordinary nature of our Savior, that he is providing us the opportunity to be reconnected to the source to make sure that the conversation and the communication between us is not distorted. Some of us might be in in here wondering right now, Lord, I don't hear you like I used to. I can't feel you like I used to. It is because maybe you have walked too far away from the source and we need God to shepherd us back to the place of security and comfort. Hallelujah. My son and I were riding in the car the other day. We had just left the store. and. I looked over to the passenger seat and he had a really sad look on his face. I looked at him, I said, Jacob, what's wrong with you? He says, I don't have any money. He's six. I said, Jacob, you're with the father. You don't need any money. And that's the type of a relationship that we have with God. You're worried about things you don't need to be worried about when you're connected to the father. We live in such abundance sometimes I don't even think we realize it. If you have more than one car, you live in abundance. If you have more than one house, you live in abundance. If you had to decide which pair of shoes that you would put on today, you live in abundance. And that is because of the extraordinary nature of the God we serve. We have a saying at the church where I serve as pastor, life is too short to be basic, be extra. The next time you travel, spend the extra money for first class. Be extra. Make him bring you every drink they got. (laughs) We serve an extraordinary Jesus. And he provides us through the cross of Calvary. Chance after chance after chance. Hallelujah. When David concludes Psalm 24 with lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in, the question was raised, who is this King of glory? And in certain translation, it is translated as wake up, for the Lord is at hand. We're not complaining about what is going on in the world. The world is being who they are. We can expect that. But those of us who are saved and sanctified in a part of the house of the Lord where we shall dwell with forever, Psalm 24 is asking us to wake up for the Lord is at hand. Which means God's readiness or God's availability to walk into our lives is contingent upon our readiness. And so the question is, are you ready? Hallelujah. Are you ready for God to walk into your life and just... Do whatever he wants to do. Hallelujah. So my prayer is today, Lord, make us ready. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we honor you because you deserve to be honored. You have held our hand. You have kept us, O God, in the palm, in the hollow of your hand. You have never left us nor forsaken us. You have allowed the Holy Ghost to abide with us forever. You have given us access, hallelujah, to the keys of the kingdom. You have given us access and authority in the house of the Lord, and we thank you. And O God, even though we are residing in this world, we are not of this world. We are strangers passing through. God, we are not in the land of the living on the way to the land of the dying. We are in the land of the dying on the way to the land of the living. And God, we just say thank you. We say thank you for your hand of protection and your hand of mercy. God, thank you for being extraordinary in our lives because basic was not enough. We glorify and we magnify you now in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, we do pray, amen and thank God. Salvation is as easy as ABC, Accept, believe and confess. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. And it is that simple. And we thank God for Jesus. God bless you.